2: Coming up on Taking Stock, we'll take stock of labor and its implications for the European Union. For example, in early June, there were protests in Paris over French labor reform bills. They turned violent. Forty people were injured. 75,000 demonstrators convening in the capital to block the new reform bill. We've got details. But right now, we'll go to Charlie Pellet in the Bloomberg Newsroom for details.
1: And I thank you very much, Pim Fox. The Dow, the S&P, NASDAQ, all trading higher. 29 minutes to go ahead of the close on a Tuesday here. S&P 500 index at a record now at 2152, up 15 points. That is a gain of 7 tenths of 1%. Dow Jones Industrial Average also at a record, on track for a record close here at 18,351. The Dow rallying 124 points, up 7 tenths of 1 percent. And NASDAQ also higher by 7 tenths of 1 percent, up 35 points to 5,024. Dow Jones Industrial Average gaining and uh, along with the S&P as investors weigh corporate health amid the start of earnings season. Alcoa reported last night it is now up by 5.1 percent. Gold a dropping the most in seven weeks as stock markets climb on speculation that policymakers will act to spur growth. Right now, gold is down 22.60 the ounce to 13.34. That is a drop of 1.7%. Dennis Gartman is the editor of the Gartman Letter. He was interviewed this morning on Bloomberg Surveillance. As
2: an old foreign currency trader, we were always taught from, uh, from the outset to be a buyer of one currency, a seller of another. So I tend to be a buyer of gold in in euro terms. I tend to be a buyer of gold in yen terms, and honestly, over the course of the past several, actually over the course of the past several years, it's been a far better trade to have been involved in and it reduces the daily volatility it reduces the the abject movements of gold
1: american airlines group expects new credit card deals with citigroup and barclays to boost its pre-tax income by about 1.55 billion dollars over the next two and a half years american airlines flying high up 11.4 percent 332 on wall street now let's take a look at other news from around the world
3: Thank you, Charlie. From the Bloomberg Newsroom, I'm Jill Schneider. In Dallas at this hour... A somber goodbye for five Dallas police officers who were killed in an ambush last week. President Obama addressed thousands of mourners, saying Dallas and the entire nation are suffering.
1: We're here to honor the memory and mourn the loss of five fellow Americans.
3: Dallas Mayor Mike Rawlings also spoke, pointing out the presence of some of his fellow city leaders.
1: These men and women are here with us because they know we have a common disease, this absurd violence on our streets.
3: Former President George W. Bush also made remarks. The attorney for the family of a Minnesota black man who was shot and killed by police during a traffic stop says there will be a lawsuit against the officer who fired the shots. Attorney Glenda Hatchett today announced the planned litigation in the death of Philando Castile. State officials are still investigating the shooting. The decision on possible criminal charges will fall to a local county attorney. Senator Bernie Sanders has offered his long-awaited endorsement to Hillary Clinton. The two appeared on stage together at a rally in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. We have to reform our broken criminal justice system, take back our democracy from the wealthy special interests, and make our economy work for everyone, not just those at the top. Republican presumptive nominee Donald Trump accused Sanders of selling out to Clinton. Global News, 24 hours a day, powered by more than 2,600 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Jill Schneider, and this is Bloomberg. Charlie?
1: And we thank you again, recapping S&P 500 index up 16 points to 2,153, a gain of 7 tenths of 1%. I'm Charlie Pellet, and that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. You're listening to Taking Stock with Pim Fox and Kathleen Hayes on Bloomberg Radio.
2: Labor reform. Labor reform in the European Union. In early June, European Central Bank Executive Board member Benoit Corre issued a plea for quick adoption of economic reforms throughout Europe. Indeed, he said that the Eurozone risks suffering a lost generation because of high youth unemployment. Here to tell us more about labor markets in Europe is Ilaria Maselli, Senior Economist for Europe for the Conference Board. She's based in Brussels but joins us here in our studio in New York. Ilaria, thank you very much for being with us. Thank you for inviting me. So set the stage if you can. Describe for people that may not be following What's going on in labor reform in the European Union? What is or isn't happening? And maybe compare it to some of the issues that we face in the United States.
4: Okay. Well, uh, an easy question to start here.
2: <laughs> yeah, there you go. Right. Yeah, just to do it all once.
4: <laughs> okay. Uh, well, I will start perhaps on what I see as the biggest problem in uh, European labor markets. Um, not all of them, because let's remember, I mean, Europe... You know, you can show statistics with average for the Euro-European Union, but it's made of very diverse economies within. But uh, notwithstanding the differences, I would say that a big problem is the dualization of the labor market. Uh, I'll explain what I mean. Uh, It means that there is a generation of workers, a a portion of the workers that enjoy, let's say, the full package uh, of uh, all the benefits uh, that were negotiated uh, some 50, 60 years ago. And then, there is, uh, and then there were a series of labour market reforms uh, uh, that started in the 90s in, uh, in a lot of European economies, and these reforms were called well, were liberalising the labour market, but on the margin. And on the margin, it means that we're introducing all forms of flexible contracts, uh, temporary work arrangements, and um, without touching what was there already. So you have right now in France, in Italy, in Spain, uh, to some extent in Germany, you have a lot of uh, workers which enjoy let's say two-thirds or four-fifths of the workers that enjoy the full package. Um, and then you have a portion of workers, most likely young workers, uh, that, uh, that have a much weaker position in the labour market. So I think all the attempts to do reforms should aim uh, at rebalancing this situation.
2: So is that similar, for example, to, let's say, the U.S. airline industry that negotiates contracts and has the pilots that are veterans who have been in those positions for many years, they enjoy the pay and the the benefits, the 100 percent of those, and that new pilots perhaps coming into the the company, they work under a different contract?
4: Yes, and they have uh, longer hours, for example, of work and uh, much more limitations on uh, sickness leave, for example, or maternity leaves. Um, So there is an unfair distribution of rights. uh, And to some extent, this distribution is also generational. And this is why um, young workers feel really affected by this, uh, by by the crisis.
2: In your analysis, uh, tell us countries in Europe that you feel are doing the right thing when it comes to labor reform and those that are dragging their feet
4: well the model i would say is the scandinavian model um it's a very interesting equilibrium because um everyone enjoys uh, um, a lot of uh, a lot of benefits i mean the scandinavian welfare system is perhaps the best system in the world uh, at the same time it's uh, very convenient for companies there are a lot of uh, profitable companies that uh, operate in copenhagen or in stockholm and uh, um well if if there is a problem uh, within a labor relationship, they can easily um, hire or fire people. And uh, at the same time, this is not a drama because the system is there to help you. And also you're sure that uh, you will find another job easily. Because if you are, uh, for example, uh, your skills are outdated, there is a whole system of active labor market policies that will really help you to, to be trained again and then be employable uh, relatively easily. So in this system, you have very low unemployment rates. Uh, very high employment rates. Everyone works, um, and everyone is happy. It's called flexicurity. security.
2: Is, is 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 that something that could have been adopted by the United Kingdom? Why didn't David Cameron, the uh, former Prime Minister, push uh, for that kind of system?
4: Oh, that's uh, the one billion dollar question. <laughs> because, um, of course, how uh, generous systems are, welfare systems are, depends on uh, depend on. Um, preferences of the people because a system like the Danish one is also an expensive system which means that people pay uh, quite high taxes um, and maybe you know, the same system could not be applied in the United States where there is a different preferences, there are different preferences compare, uh, on, this, on this domain also there is another challenge so actually one, my, my, my thesis when I was in university was on exporting this model to Italy which is my home country and the, the bitter conclusion of that was that it's not possible because it requires a lot of management. You know, every single unemployed worker needs assistance and every single um, employee of, an, uh, of a, um, a local, uh, local office that manages uh, active labor market policies needs to be trained in order to provide that type of assistance. So it's really working on each single person and not every system has that capacity.
2: I want to thank you very much for coming and spending time. I look forward to having you again on the program in the future. Pleasure. Ilaria Maselli is Senior Economist for Europe for the Conference Board based in Brussels, speaking about labor market reform in Europe. You're listening to Taking Stock. I'm Pim Fox, and this is Bloomberg. Coming up on taking stock, weaker earnings, higher multiples. Strategists, pundits, and bears, they say they can predict the market. We'll find out more from Jonathan Golub of RBC Capital Markets.